Welcome to a special edition of the NeverEnding Glory Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Grilly. And as I mentioned a few weeks ago on an episode of the NeverEnding Glory Podcast, we wanted to start to diversify our content a bit. And instead of just solely focusing on sports, fantasy football, and all that good stuff, um, we wanted to get a bit into different topics that I'm passionate about, that I enjoy talking about, writing about. And the most logical move there was talking music and trying to expose new and upcoming bands that we think our followers should absolutely give a listen to. And the first band that I wanted to talk about was a band I've known for a while now called Dreamcatcher. And I did a uh, record review for their new album, Hold Your Love, and we're fortunate enough to have on tonight uh, lead vocalist Chelsea Tyler. Um, so first off, great album, Chelsea. And second off, thank you so much for joining the Never Ending Glory podcast. Oh, man, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It's our pleasure. Um, so I mentioned that I, you know, I've known about your band since you guys came out with your debut album, Wanderlust, back in 2013. Mm-hmm. And um, recently I... Caught up with you guys again when you released your album, Hold Your Love, back in November. Um, and like I said, I did a record review of, of Hold Your Love, and I was just blown away by it. I thought it was a great album, start to finish. It's one of those albums that you can listen to um, if you're trying to get through the workday. Those last 30 minutes, you're trying to power through. Hit play on Spotify, and you're good to go. Um, but we kind of talked a little bit offline about the differences between Dreamcatcher from 2013 with Wanderlust and Dreamcatcher in 2017 mm-hmm. with Hold Your Love. Um, so can you kind of expand and tell the listeners where you guys have gone, not only as, as people, but as a band? Yeah, of course. First and foremost, thank you so much for, you know, your kind words. Sure. Um, as far as who we were in uh, in 2013 and who we are now, it's, you know, we've been through a lot and we're, you know, a band that's matured. And, you know, when we started, I, I think I was like, 20 years old or something and i'm about to be 27 in a couple weeks so oh you're so old you're so old so Please. old when's but, your birthday you know, march 24th on the 27th okay nice nice but i'm, but I'm six years older than you so <laughs> well you know ages age nothing is just a number, number. Aaliyah said it perfectly age is nothing there but we a go <laughs> but i think she was talking about being married to r kelly so that's kind of weird so we'll, we'll go past <laughs> oh how how can we get past that? That's a whole conversation. Um, That's a different podcast. <laughs> different podcast. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we've matured a lot. We've really learned how to work with each other. And, you know, we went through a lot making this album. Like there were member changes and, you know, there were, were times that we were going to scratch the record and not put it out. And, you know, there were times that, you know, we just didn't know what was going to happen. And so... You know, what you hear on Hold Your Love is a band that's just been through the ringer and has, you know, you know, gotten gotten beat up a bit. But, you know, we're here, we're standing up and, you know, sporting some black eyes. But, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah well, and the interesting thing, too, is um, I think you can really tell the maturity of the band and, and you guys really figured out the best way to work with each other, work with each other, work with each other's strengths on Hold Your Love. Mm-hmm. Um, my one you know, constructive criticism to Wanderlust was at times, sometimes the vocals were more powerful than the music. And sometimes the music was more powerful than the vocals. And Mm -hmm. there are some songs where either one gets lost, but I feel like on hold your love. And especially in the get lost chorus, it was Wanderlust. I'm sorry, Dreamcatcher at their best. And thank you. uh, You hit the chorus and all of a sudden you hear your voice and you hear Brian's guitar riffs in the background. And that was just like, yup, they got it. They figured out what they're doing here. And and I think that's just a general theme of the whole album, Hold Your Love. Um, you know, Get Lost, like I said, is one of my favorite songs. And we'll talk about 
my absolute favorite song a little bit later on the podcast. But uh, what? So what was it? Um, the transition, I guess, from Wanderlust to Hold Your Love, where you guys were able to, um, I guess, really fine tune your sound. Yeah. Well, with Wanderlust, we kind of, you know, we wrote it with the intention that it was our first body of work that we were going to do together. And, you know, we had worked together before, but never the way that we were intending to. And so Wanderlust was kind of just us throwing out all of our ideas and saying, like, how does this work? And then I think with Hold Your Love, one, we went into it with a little bit more of an idea of what we wanted to do, mm-hmm. which Wonderless was a complete experiment. And so right. Hold Your Love was a little bit more honed in. And, you know, I'd, I'd been taking vocal lessons for a couple years with uh, Bradley from Amorosa. Oh, yeah. And um, amazing singer, great guy. Yeah, absolutely. And a phenomenal band. And, um, you know, so I learned a lot. The band learned a lot, you know, not just about our our craft itself but about how to work together and about the music we wanted to make and you know different influences and ideas and styles coming out and there was just like you know we envisioned Dreamcatcher being a pop band and so I think you get a lot more of that on Hold Your Love mm-hmm. and there's still those like really like heart-wrenching emotional emotional moments mm-hmm. um but we're we're starting to shift in the way like I think we finally know who we want to be and this is step one to that evolution Sure, and and it's a pop record, but it's a very moody pop record, if I may. Yes, that that'll never change. Everything will be everything will be moody, as far Absolutely. as I'm concerned. Perfect. I wouldn't want it any other way. Um, but talk about the 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 name change, because mm-hmm. a lot of people might remember you as Dreamcatcher, spelled out like you'd spell out Dreamcatcher. Mm-hmm. But you've you've changed the stylization of your name. Uh, to D-R-M-C-T-H-R, all capital mm-hmm. letters, got rid of all the vowels, got rid of the second C. Uh, mm-hmm. Explain to me what, what the rationale was behind that and, um, you know, like, yeah, just what, what the point behind that. So um, when we were going through this record, we had lost some band members. Uh, we got mixes back. We lost another band member. Um, so we were going through a lot creating this record, and not only were we, like, really starting to hone in on, the like, our identity itself, we were starting to lose very big components of that identity as we were figuring out what we what we were. Mm-hmm. And so when we started to get to the point where we could release the record and we were happy with where it was and how it sounded, um, we just started kind of, Brian and I had these conversations like, are we Dreamcatcher? Like, what is this? What should this be? And it, it's, you know, we kind of, you know, we talked with Chris Camrata who uh, uh, mixed the record with Michael Millay. Um, they did a phenomenal job and, you know, very dear friends of ours and then our manager bill we just talked about it for a while and you know dreamcatcher still feels like what this record is and you know the same way that wonderless felt like a dreamcatcher record and you know we feel like we're dreamcatcher but we needed something we needed a change in some way and we wanted something that was just bolder and more brash and more in your face and you know just something that really made you stop and think and you know understand that like you know we've we wanted to show off those losses that we had. Like I said, you know, like I'm not scared to wear a black eye, you know, I'm, you know, I'm down to show my bruises and my scars and what's happened. That's a lot about what's great about this band is that we're always talking about those things that have happened and those like things that do scar you. And so we wanted to show that with the name that we've been through a lot. We've been broken. We're, we're missing pieces, but we're here. We're bolder than ever and we're not going anywhere. Right. And you're still the still defining, um, the, the overall product is still Dreamcatcher, but you're not mm-hmm. the same Dreamcatcher that you were going into the blender. Coming out, yeah. you're a whole different identity, um, and like you said, you do you do wear your scars, your black eyes, and I, th- that's a perfect transition into my favorite song on the album, Blacked mm-hmm. Out, that um, has a very deep, 
meaning to it and a very uh, emotional, impactful uh, um, music video along with it where it's it's the light versus the dark. Mm-hmm. And it's a story of, of Chelsea going through, the, you know, the, the happy side of Chelsea and the angry side of Chelsea. And I'm not going to give away what happens, but you can probably figure out because we're, we're talking to Chelsea right now. But uh, tell our fans, tell the listeners about what Black Dot was all about, what kind of led to not only the writing of the song, the lyrics, the music, but you know what went into the music video as well. Yeah, um, so the, um, the song was kind of written as a jam that we did one night and like I came up with some chord progression and you know we we had a great drummer working with us at the time and he came up with this like crazy beat and you know we we wrote the song basically one night on the spot everything but the vocals but I had this one melody and just like the in the chorus the baby I want to die so I kind of as we we fixed the song and progressed with it and really kind of honed in on it and what it was um that one line never never got away so um when I was writing the record, I was going through a lot, and, you know, there were times where I just, like, didn't know what was going on, and when I was a kid, I had, like, 19 kid, um, <laughs> I had gotten into, gotten into some things I shouldn't have been doing, and, uh, acted a way I probably shouldn't have been acting. And, silly um, goose, you're being a silly goose, we got a it, yep. Silly goose, and, um, so yeah, I, uh, I kind of started feeling like that again, which is a, a really scary kind of situation to find yourself in, to get over something like that, and then to find yourself back in it, you know, years later. And so um, when I wrote the song, I think, you know, I was drinking something like that. And um, I just remember like kind of writing to myself then, like I was like trying to be myself in the future and like what would future me say to like this, you know, terrible version of myself and like, what can I do to get myself out of this? And so the song really was, you know, from future me or the person I wanted to be just kind of begging myself to, to get out of this place. And, um, you know, so the video, we worked on it with a a dear friend of ours, Joe Perry, who we've known forever. And, uh, the treatment I kind of came up with because we just wanted it to be an honest representation of the song. Like everything that you're hearing in the song is is visually exactly like it is in my head and mm-hmm. how it was written and everything so it's you know we got very lucky creating such a, a wonderful piece of work that's you know very real and represents the art just accurately and it's you know it starts a conversation and you know i think the biggest thing is you know with this band what my kind of reason for being in in music is when i was a kid like you know, music is what got me through. And that's, you know, I, I never felt completely alone because of that. And, you know, through music, I kind of learned that everyone feels, you know, the way that I feel, whether that's happy, sad, angry, like all those feelings are represented in, in music and art. And for me as a musician, I just hope that someone maybe hears the song at the right time and they relate to it just enough that, you know, it, it helps. And I've talked to a few people like, you know, I've, I'm very, very fortunate that people like my music and reach out and I've gotten to share a lot of stories with, you know, people who enjoy the band about things that they've been going through and what I was going through. And it just starts this organic conversation that like, we're all humans. Like it doesn't matter, like, you know, age, race, religion, any of it, like we're all here, we're all going through this human experience and none of us None of us are in it alone, and I think, you know, that's a that's a cool thing about music is being able to start those conversations, you know, regardless of politics or anything like that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, mental health is obviously at the forefront of a lot of uh, conversations um, mm-hmm. and, and different ways for people to, to get through what they're going through. Um, like you said, you never know what people are going through. Um, and, and different people quote-unquote, medicate differently. Um, Mm -hmm. And and hopefully, instead of medicating uh, the wrong way, they can find a band like Dreamcatcher and and hear a song like Blacked Out and and see somebody who is able to um, rise above that through their music, and and maybe that could inspire them. So I think it Mm -hmm. it brings a great message. And on top of that, it's just... It's a beautiful song to listen to. Thank you. Um, and it's also one I actually I just pulled up the um, the album review. I did it over at NEGpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. And I say that at the 255 mark, after an extended buildup, the light is finally let in. Oh, shit. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> and it's a perfect time to turn up the volume to the max and rock out to the track. Seriously, if you don't want to run through a wall at that point in the song, there's something wrong with you. Uh, it's just say it's it's there's that, that sense of redemption, the sense of... Um, of you did it, congratulations, you broke through. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you don't really, you, you hear it when you just listen to the song, but once you see the the visual aspect to it in the video, and a lot of times videos make absolutely no sense and have nothing to do with the song, mm-hmm. but with, in this case it has everything to do with the song. I think it's a mm-hmm. perfect complement to the song, um, and it really helps get your point across on what you're trying to talk about and what you're trying to, to help people with. So um, yeah. I, I applaud you for it. Thank you. Um, fantastic way to uh it's a great i think it's a great single um to to get out there to get to the masses to show your to show your skill your talent and at the same Mm -hmm. time it 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 has a great message so it's thank you um there we go yeah perfect um (laughs) so you know what's what's the future for Dreamcatcher? because you know you guys uh, have done a few tours here and there Mm -hmm. it seems like you have your your lineup set um what does 2018 2019 2020 look for like for Dreamcatcher? Um, we are, uh, we've got tour plans, um, and we're working on more tour plans. Um, we're already working on new music. We've never, you know, we never stop writing. We're always writing. And, um, you know, so we're starting to, to talk to the team about getting into the studio at some point in the, uh, in the summer and, you know, seeing what happens. So new music, touring, promoting this record, meeting and sharing as many stories with as many people as possible. Perfect. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, obviously this summer you got the, you know, the, the spring, the summer, the weather will be a little bit nicer. We're about to get mm-hmm. hit with yet another snowstorm up here in New Hampshire. Oh, I'm just... so tired of it. I'm so tired <laughs> of the cold. Yeah. it's. Uh, I decided not to shovel my porch, and that was a bad idea because Oof. we're going to get hit with another foot tonight. So uh, that should go well. But uh, but obviously in the summer you have festival season. You have, I'm sure, a time where it will be m- much, much more enjoyable to, you know, drive up and down the East Coast. Um, so, you know, in our talking offline, you said that this summer, um, or soon you'll be releasing some tour dates, which, uh, could be very mm-hmm. exciting and, uh, hopefully you'll make your way up to New England and I'll find a way to get down there. Absolutely. But, but for, uh, you know, for a band, an up and coming band like you, um, you know, what is the, you know, what are the challenges as a band like yourself and, and how mm-hmm. do you, how do you go out and how do you find new listeners, new fans? Yeah, um, I think the the biggest kind of issue in the industry, and I don't know if it's an issue, I don't want to say, say it in a negative way like that, but there's so much out there. There's just, mm-hmm. you know, anyone who has any idea or any desire to be a musician with a MacBook can make music, which is, right. you know, I'm not knocking it because that's what our band does too, is, you know, yeah. we sit on our MacBooks and write some songs <laughs> and then turn them into what we turn them into. John Lennon um, is turning in his grave. Oh, <laughs> uh, he, he might be, or he might be really excited about it. True, Who knows? True, true. But there's so much out there. So I think, I think the most 
diff challenging thing is um, trying to, to break through and be more than just another speck of noise, you know, and mm -hmm. finding something of your own. And I think that really comes through finding your own identity and being as yourself as possible, you know, like if you try to emulate other bands, try to be other people, try to do other things that just aren't you, like it, it's not genuine and it, it affects your art in a way, like it's just not honest. And the best thing about art is when you're so honest with yourself and with everyone else, like that's how you move mountains is just by being yourself and, you know, allowing yourself to be and, you know, which is difficult if we want to go down that path. But right. I think, I think just kind of, figuring something like that out. I think it's an exciting time because there is so much accessibility and, you know, you can meet people online and have, you know, Skype conversations with them. And who does that? Who, who does, does that? that? <laughs> um, but yeah, you can do all these crazy things now and you can meet all these people that you like never had any idea that you'd meet, which is so cool. And it's so easy to connect. Mm -hmm. But I think the, the most difficult part is finding those genuine connections, those, right. You know, you see someone at a show and you really break through because, you know, things are a little bit awkward. Everyone's on their phones. Like, you know, socially, it's a little <laughs> yeah. weird. Like, it's easier to be social on the Internet in most right. cases. So, you know, I yeah. think making those genuine, genuine connections is, you know, difficult. But I think it's, you know, it's the fun part about it. It's a new new frontier. Right. And that that's kind of, I mean, that's how we're talking, obviously, on Skype. I reached out to you guys on Twitter said, hey, I like your mm -hmm. band. I wrote an album review. Can we talk on a podcast? Mm -hmm. um, and the way I found you, again, or refound you, was Spotify. I mean, mm -hmm. Spotify said, hey, based on your listening habits, you'll like this band, Dreamcatcher. And, you know, like I mentioned, I knew you guys back from Wanderlust, and then I didn't recognize the new stylized name, mm -hmm. but that was, I was drawn to the artwork on the cover of the album um, because obviously Spotify has the artwork and it's like the the beer bottles and the wine bottles that have really cool artwork mm -hmm. um, the more creative the more likely I'm going to give it a shot and you know hopefully it's going to be better than the boring album cover and in this case it, it was and and immediately I I'm sorry it was not boring I'm not sure <laughs> take that back <laughs> I wrote that wrong um, but in this case you know from the opening line I, I recognized your voice from Wanderlust I was like oh yeah I remember this band and you know, again, I can't I can't suggest this album enough to the people listening to this podcast because it's um, start to finish just one of those discs that you can just listen to um, without any breaks. And, uh, oh man! And so that just kind of takes me to my next question. I mean, as a consumer, as a music lover, you know, mm -hmm. I don't have an artistic bone in my body whatsoever. My parents bought me a drum pad. They didn't let me have the only instrument I ever played was the clarinet in third grade, and I annoyed <laughs> the hell out of them with that one. So instead of buying me a drum set, it was a, a rubber drum pad. But, um, you know, as a consumer, I think Spotify is the greatest thing to happen to music in a long time because it allows myself to find bands like you, to find other smaller bands, to find even just listen to big bands that I haven't listened to in 20, 30 years. And, but from a music standpoint, I mean, we're no longer seeing the albums being sold at like a Best Buy who's going to pull their albums here soon. Mm -hmm. uh, so from an artist standpoint, you know, is, is Spotify a friend or a foe to you guys? Uh, it's, it's about both 
I think I think it's more more friend than foe. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously there's some issues with how artists and songwriters and musicians are compensated through through streaming and you know, I think that's something that definitely needs to be figured out and you know, I think we will figure it out at some point because there's enough enough musicians and enough of us being vocal and enough fans, which is the most important part, enough music lovers being vocal about the fact that, you know, songwriters and musicians need to get paid the way that the labels do, like Right. You know, like the old system's antiquated and we're in a, you know, this is a new era. It's 2018. It's not the 1950s. Like mm-hmm. there's more that can be done. It's more accessible. There's, there's a way to make money doing this. And we're, you know, we're just at a point where we're going to have to figure it out. So right. as far as a musician, you know, there's that issue with it, but everything else is a, is a benefit. It's easy to connect with people. People find you like social media changes the game. Like you say, you like my band and I get to be like, Hey, I appreciate that, Mm -hmm. which starts a a relationship and a connection, which is so important. And as a, as a music fan, I I have Apple music, I have Spotify, like, you know, I think I've got Pandora on my phone. I've got everything (laughs) and I still buy records. I still buy them like digitally. I still, you know, I buy a lot of vinyl. I love vinyl. It's my favorite way to listen to music because like I'm a, 90s kid at heart and I remember you know stealing my parents records and laying in bed and listening to them and reading the lyrics and with vinyl it's it's to me it brings me back to being a kid so see I used to take the the vinyl and scratch it like a DJ because I, I went through this phase where I thought <laughs> I was gonna be a rapper someday and so I'd take like you know my parents classic rock albums and it'll be like you know rick rick and it just it ended miserably I got in a lot of trouble for that oh like, man a couple a couple uh, pretty pretty nice albums but um but yeah I mean and you say you say buying you know albums buying vinyl um I think nowadays too what you're seeing is when people go to shows and you can mm-hmm. you know comment tell me if I'm wrong or not, uh, but are, are more people buying your albums at shows because they know, hey, I want to help support this band? Yeah, I mean, we sold we sold every physical copy of Wonderlust and we sold 90% of those on tour at yeah. shows. And, you know, with Hold Your Love, the reception's been wonderful. And uh, at shows, people, people buy the record because it's, you know, they go to a show, they have an experience. Like our, our manager does merch for a ton of big bands and, you know, he, he lives this and really is like, helped us to embody this philosophy that if you have a great performance and you do your job right and you know your merch looks the way that your album sounds and the artwork looks the way the album sounds and everything's cohesive you create this you know it's one it's a product you know to be very just cut and dry about it but the most important thing is that you you know you create memories with with people and with fans and you know, we played DC the other night and there were people I've never met that have told me they've been listening to my band for years since Wonderlust and One Girl since Hold Your Love and she listens to the record every day and you know, they come up and they wanna to talk to you and they you know, they wanna they wanna support you in some way and sometimes, you know, a twenty dollar T shirt doesn't do it, but a five or ten dollar record does and sometimes they want it on vinyl because they collect too and you know, they want you to sign it or they wanna take it home and leave it in the plastic or they're gonna put it in their C D and just you know, listen to it till the record's dead because, mm-hmm. you know, some people like me still have CD players. Right. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, what's cool about selling records now is that it is, a lot of it is on tour and it is at shows. And it's that, that one moment where you really get that really genuine connection of just like, hey, that was great. Like, this was a, an experience in my life and like a, it's a memory I'm going to have. And, 
I want something to take home to me- to remember that and you know that's why people buy shirts and now it's why they still buy CDs. Right. It's kind of like instead of buying the tickets uh, keeping the ticket stub because everything's mm-hmm. emailed to you and you print it off that really doesn't have any meaning to it anymore. Now it's now it's okay, I went to that show, I got the album. Here's here's proof. Um, yeah. I know that you know one of my favorite bands Thursday released um, Full Collapse the 10 year anniversary. And I bought it just to have it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a cool thing to have. And, you know, the other day, I was going through my, my closet, and I found all my old CDs. And now mm-hmm. everything's on my Spotify playlist. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to hold on to these. I'll probably never use them again. But it's just kind of something cool to have. And, you know, I'm kind of a got like a nostalgic personality. And I like to mm-hmm. look back at them, just look at the albums. You know, I got my old school Taking Back Sunday album, Starting Line, Under Oath, all those, all those good bands. Yeah. So um, I definitely get it. And uh, I think that... Um, it, it's twofold too because it helps you guys get from show to show. <laughs> the yep, more it, you sell. yeah, put some gas in the tank. But I mean, that's yeah. you know, that's the kind of point of like vinyl and you know, collecting CDs and having those little things. Is sometimes it's not about like use; it's about you know, memory and being able to look like where you came from as right. you know, a music fan or a musician or whatever. Like, and look back on where you've been and mm-hmm. where you've gotten to and everything in between. And it's just you know. It's just interesting. It's kind of like a map with a bunch of like pins in it showing right. you where you've been. So speaking of that, um, you know, who are kind of some of your inspirations? Who who are the reasons why you want to make music? Who did you listen to growing up? Uh, or still so, now? So I grew up in uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina, at least like kind of, I call them my more formative years. <laughs> um, so like late middle, like late elementary school, middle school. So um, before you're doing the bad stuff. Before I did any bad things, <laughs> I waited till I graduated for that. a girl. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I was lucky enough to be a part of a, you know, to have a really, really great music scene. And my first drummer, her, her brother was a musician in high school and, you know, used to throw these cool like cafe shows. And, you know, there was a band called The Verdict that was my favorite band in like, Harvard. Um, they were from Charlotte. And so I saw them when they were first starting and. You know, so all these bands, and they were all so kind to me. And so when I first saw them, like, I was like, man, that's that's what I want to do. Like, I just want to play shows and make music. And, you know, before that, I used to steal my parents, like, 90s records. So I'd listen to, like, Third Eye Blind and, oh, yeah. you know, pretend to be Stephen Jenkins. So I came from that. <laughs> and then, like, middle school, I got into, like, I was into, you know, pop punk. So, like, the starting line and, you know, I'd get in, like, some Under Oath. But at the same time, I listened to, like, Shufan Stevens and... I'm listening to like Tegan and Sarah and like the early stuff. And so I, I had a really eclectic music taste as, as a, you know, middle school, high schooler. And it's only kind of evolved from there. Like, I, you know, the new Under Earth track is great. And, oh, yeah. You yeah. know, I, I listen to pop music as well. So, you know, there's this band Ritual that has some really, really cool songs. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of the Post Malone stuff is great. And oh, Post Malone's awesome. He's so amazing. good, man. So <laughs> good. And, you know, the new Paramore record's been, you know, nonstop. Yep. And, yep. you know, so I'm. I'm lucky that I'm inspired by everything and, you know, like the Nationals, one of my favorite bands and they just want a Grammy and, you know, so there's, there's so much music and there's so much to listen to and enjoy and have fun with. And so luckily I've never really, never really pigeonholed myself, Good, but yeah. I'm, I'm inspired by everything. So let's go back to Under With real quick, because I was actually listening to their album or the new song the other day and mm-hmm. I feel like that's, that's been there. <clears throat> they went back to their, not their roots, but... Where they really, after our Define the Great Line, I thought was probably their best album. And Mm -hmm. I think this is a a kind of a throwback to that album. Um, Loved loved that they brought um, 
Aaron, right? Not Aaron, is mm-hmm. it? Uh, Aaron yep. Gillespie, yeah. Back as the drummer after you was drumming for Under Oath, or for um, Paramore for a bit. But mm-hmm. what did you think about the new track by them? I dig it. I'm into yeah. it. Uh, I know there, there are a lot of people like talking about, you know, how they used a profanity or something and, you know, they've changed oh, no. their faith oh. and all that stuff. But, you know, I think they've grown a lot and you can hear that on the track. And while mm-hmm. it does like kind of recall who they were, I think it sounds like who they are now. It sounds like they've yeah. always sounded, but in a, in their way. So I dig yeah. it. I think it's rad. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the new album, and yeah. uh, I didn't I didn't expect this whatsoever. I didn't think mm-hmm. they were coming back, so I'm pretty pumped about that. But let's talk one more uh, real quick about about you guys because that's mm-hmm. the most important band tonight, obviously. <laughs> um, so before we wrap this up, I mean, where can people find you? Uh, where can they find more information about Dreamcatcher? Uh, so if you want to check us out on the internet, you can find us at Dreamcatcher.com. That's D-R-M-C-T-H-R.com. Uh, if you want to find us on social media, it's D-R-M-C-T-H-R-B-N-D. So Dreamcatcher B and D, no vowels, no vowels, no vowels. Second C's gone. (laughs) Find us online, and you know, let's hang out digitally. Yes, if you go to (laughs) Dreamcatcher.com, you can see the um, music video for Blacked Mm -hmm. Out, as well as a link to all of their um, different social media accounts. And then, of course, once the tour is ready, um, I'm sure they'll announce those dates as well. If you want to buy some merch. Um, spoiler alert, <laughs> Chelsea's wearing a Dreamcatcher shirt right now. <clears throat> um, but I'm wearing a Never Ending Glory podcast shirt, so it's even. There we right go. Okay. There we go. It doesn't <laughs> we'll ruin your street cred anymore. People are down with it. <laughs> we're promoting our brand, our brand you know? Um, so check them out. Uh, I and, and again, Chelsea, thank you so much for your time tonight, and thank you so much for putting together Hold Your Love because uh, – like I said, this will be in heavy rotation for a very long time. You're probably, once you see who's listening to your music in New England, it's going to be 45 minutes north of Boston, right next to the Manchester <laughs> Regional Airport, and that's going to be me uh, because the, the the album's played two to three times a day. But I'm hoping that through this podcast, even more people from the New England region, and actually the Northeast Ohio region, so fun fact, we are a Northeast Ohio and new hampshire based podcast so nice. very niche market very niche uh, <laughs> i like to say we're the number one northeast ohio and new, ha- new hampshire based podcast i dig it you know i'll get behind not- that hey we'll take that so uh and we're the official podcast of Dreamcatcher. how about that i like it <laughs> <laughs> so perfect so thank you so much again and uh once uh chelsea and Dreamcatcher releases those tour dates we will be sure to let everybody know <clears throat> when they're playing where they're playing and any news that comes out about them um, and of course, find us on Twitter at Glory Podcast, on Facebook, Never Ending Glory Podcast. You can send us emails at negpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, uh, check out our blog, negpodcast.com. I've been updating like crazy on NFL free agency and all the sports related uh, news that's going on. But I will continue to uh, definitely do the music podcast, definitely do the music reviews, uh, because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But, uh, <laughs> but so thank you very much again, Chelsea. Yeah, and, man, thank you so much um, for having me. Absolutely. And we will talk to you guys next week.